You're going to be very happy. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Living the Dream podcast. I am your host, as always, Jesse Hughes. (sighs) It's October. It is already October. Somebody wake up Green Day. September has ended. Um, We are entering spooky season. And let me just tell you, this week has been very spooky indeed. Starting with the great debacle that happened on Tuesday night that some people called a debate. I called it a dumpster fire. Um, And I know that that's what all of you precious, precious children out there want to hear me talk about. You, I know that you're all sadistic and want to hear me lose my mind. And I must be some kind of masochist because I am granting your request. (laughs) But you know what? It is what it is. As, as that was my, for those of you who don't know, that was actually what my uh, graduating class voted to make our class motto. It is what it is. I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but that's what happened. So before I get into the insanity, um, it's October. It feels like yesterday was the first day of August. And we're already to October. That's how that's how fast moves stuff moves around here. I apologize if I'm not my normal self. I am recording this at 9:50 p.m. on Thursday, October the first, because I love you guys and want to get you content. But um, this Saturday will mark exactly one month before the election, one month before we decide if it's four more years of Donald Trump or four years of Kamala Harris, I mean, excuse me, four years of Joe Biden with Kamala Harris running the strings, of course, because we all know that's, we all know that's truly what's going to happen. Um, so Tuesday night, What an interesting evening. Uh, let me tell you what. I have... N- I watched both Obama debates with my parents. I watched the McCain-Obama debate, and I watched the Mitt Romney-Obama debate. To be fair, I was a little young during both of them, so I didn't quite understand what was going on, but I have a fairly, fairly decent memory of the occasion. A lot of what I remember is my mom getting really mad and yelling at the TV, (laughs) but I remember somewhat what the debate was like. I remember the 20, I definitely remember the 2016 debates between Trump and Clinton. This is one of the, I have, wait, I've also gone on YouTube and watched olden debates from the past. This is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. The only thing that tops this is and I I know that not many people are going to know what I'm talking about, but I know that I'm about to perk a few years. The only thing that tops this is the Barry Goldwater debate with that one guy. I can't remember his name, but when he and not Barry Goldwater, when he and um, William Buckley Jr. debated at the DNC in the late '60s, I think it was. But it was late '50s or late '60s. I cannot remember. That debate was a dumpster fire. This debate between Trump and Biden was also a dumpster fire. There's many things I want to address about this debate, all of which make me want to jump off of the Freedom Tower. (laughs) I will not do that, but I want to. I hope you are finding pleasure in my pain right now. (laughs) So, um... The debate started off decently enough and took about five minutes to descend into 
godforsaken madness straight from the fiery pits of hell. Um, honestly, I don't know what else we were expecting. Like, let's be honest here for a minute, guys. We all know Donald Trump. We all know his personality. We all know Joe Biden. We all know his lack of personality. Were we expecting anything less than what happened? I mean, I was I was expecting slightly for it to not be as insane as it was. Like, but there were definitely many moments that I did not expect to happen during that debate. The th- but the first of which, and I know that this has been a, definitely a point of contention that many other people have already addressed, so I won't spend a whole lot of time on it. But I did not, I was not under the impression that Chris Wallace was running for president. Uh, I did not realize that. Um, that's that's very good information to know. Um, I didn't know we had a fourth party. I knew that I knew that Joe Jorgensen was running for the Libertarian Party, but you know I had no idea that Chris Wallace wanted in on this. I thought it was at first. I thought it was hilarious and kind of a joke when Trump said, "Oh, so I'm debating you now to to towards Wallace," and then he actually ended up debating Wallace throughout the majority of the debate. Something uh, something about that is fairly humorous, but also deeply disturbing that we cannot even have a debate moderator who does not cherry pick the attacks that he puts against people and that he, who cannot like treat one can, uh, one candidate with a utmost level of respect and baby him through the entire debate while absolutely not giving the other candidate a chance to speak. I have never seen anything like that in any – I have watched several debates, some presidential, some not, some just for fun. I've seen a lot of debates. I have never seen anything like that. That was the utmost firestorm of firestorms I think I've ever seen in my life. I cannot tell you of anything ever like that. I The – Performance Wallace gave was horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. It also serves as slight validation, in my opinion. I I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but I almost at this point feel as if the kind of joke is started off as a joke about Joe Rogan running as being a moderator for a debate. I know many people said that as a joke at first, but now I am actually legitimately serious about that. Like we, I think that Joe Rogan is the only person capable of doing, of being a moderator for these debates because Wallace clearly is unable. And I don't know of anyone else who could handle the absolute crap show that was, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. All right, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's move into the actual substance of the debate. Now, there were a lot of things talked about, a lot of which I, there was honestly so much that I I tried to go back and watch it, and there was just so much going on at a time that I legitimately could not pay attention enough to know half of what was going on during the during the debate i i sat there very confused very concerned kind of worried for the sake of all of humanity Let's get into it. All right, so the debate, they started out talking about the Supreme Court, and I just, I will take a minute to talk about this. This is something, once the confirmation hearing for Amy Coney Barrett does start on October the 12th, I believe. So starting October the 12th, you will see my, you will likely see my social media absolutely blowing up. Oh, there's a fire truck going somewhere. But you will see my social media absolutely blowing up 
talking about the confirmation hearings. And I, trust me, I know that I said that I was going to try and keep a two-week schedule. I, during the hearings, my schedule is likely to be absolutely insane because I will be talking about it multiple times. Like, I will probably have multiple episodes completely off schedule at random times discussing the details because I don't know if anybody remembers 2018. I sure do with Brett Kavanaugh. You thought that was a mess. This is about to get onto a whole nother level. And I think evidence of that comes in the fact that the one of the biggest one of the like the first question that created the most like contentious part of the debate was about Barrett um and i just loved how trump he actually answered this question pretty much straightforward like chris Wallace was like yeah why do you think you have the ability to go ahead and not prepare for the nomination process because we won that was literally trump's answer because we won and he's just straightforward and blunt about it which i think is a hilarious thing about trump and then you go to joe biden and it's nothing but well, it's a it's a healthcare issue and it's a women's rights issue and Roe v. Wade's on the ballot and all this stuff, which I I fail to understand. I fail to understand the logic behind that statement, for the sole reason that. Because the Democrats' biggest talking point right now is that they are that the people are not being given a say in the Supreme Court hearing because we're doing it before the election. I fail to understand the logic of Roe v. Wade being on the ballot. Because if if your biggest fear and your biggest point of contention against nominating Barrett as the justice is the fact that it's being done before the election, then that means Roe v. Wade's not on the ballot because she's just going to be confirmed regardless. Because even if Joe Biden wins, the Senate is still in Republican hands until January they have plenty of time to go through this confirmation process and put her on the court. So Roe v. Wade's not on the ballot. If 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 Barrett gets nominated, if Barrett gets on the court and the court does overturn Roe v. Wade, there's nothing about the 2020 election that would have changed that one bit. The only way that that would even change is if Mitch McConnell came out tomorrow and said, you know what, guys, I changed my mind. We're going to wait and see who wins before we do this. We're going to wait. And if it's Joe Biden, we'll wait until he's nominated. Or, excuse me, we'll wait until he's confirmed. Or, eh, English. We'll wait until he's had his inauguration, and then we'll see who he nominates. Then Roe v. Wade would definitely be on the ballot if that were the case. But that's not the case. No matter how you slice this, Joe Biden presidency or not, Barrett's going to be the Supreme Court justice. So Roe v. Wade's not on the ballot. There's nothing the Joe Biden presidency will change about that. Now, that being said, I do believe that, especially based off what we saw Tuesday night, that Roe v. Wade will have a significant impact on the election. And if things go the way I think they are going to go, which me, which I think is going to be Democrats doing everything they can to try and smear Amy Coney Barrett's Amy Coney Barrett. I can't say her name. Amy Amy Barrett's name through the mud and do everything they can to attack her, which includes I 
pretty sure we've already seen serious attacks on her the fact that she's just just the fact she's catholic and bringing that into question the founders called that a religious test and highly discouraged that for government officials they did not think that that should be a requirement for government officials rightly so and so the fact that many prominent democrats including the vice presidential candidate right now are saying oh she can't serve because she's catholic no uh-uh that that's not a good play that's gonna land you in a lot of trouble if you if you if this argument gets made during the confirmation hearing i'm predicting trump Okay, right now, as of today, I think I do think Trump will win. I think his electoral vote count will be close to 280. If they pull that crap right before the election, Trump's going to win by a landslide. You are literally digging your own grave by trying to bring that into the equation. And, but you see hints of this in the debate. And, you see, you. I think Joe Biden pretty much spilled out what the Democrats' playbook during the confirmation process is going to look like. It's going to be about Obamacare. It's going to be about Roe v. Wade. And they, I, I don't know how he's going to play COVID. I don't know how they're going to play COVID into this, but they'll find a way. I, it's you. You think things like this are pretty much impossible? Like you think, oh, there's no way that they'll bring COVID into this there's because it's not relevant to the court. They'll find a way. They always find a way to bring irrelevant issues into the limelight. And so this will be no different. I'm willing to bet. Now, moving on from that. In terms of actual substance substantive debate about actual policy that was pretty much non-existent um you saw a little bit of it Mm -hmm. um and going back to my rant about chris wallace a minute ago i think one of the funniest things was when joe was literally struggling to define his health care plan and chris wallace had to literally spoon feed his plan to him which Fun fact, I don't know if anybody else has seen this, but uh, there's been many, many theories that Joe had a wire on during the during the debate. And I've actually seen where people have played back portions of the debate and shown where it looks as if he has a wire in his jacket. I personally don't think from my standpoint that he's wearing a wire but I'm not saying it's impossible I think it's completely possible that these theories are very valid because I mean knowing their playbook knowing the Democrats playbook I don't I mean let's let's be honest here Joe Biden is the same dude that couldn't even, he couldn't finish the Pledge of Allegiance, or not the Pledge of Allegiance, he couldn't finish the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be, you know, the thing. That was him. And I've heard a lot of people say that they were impressed by Joe's performance at the debate. I was too. He wasn't as much of a bumbling idiot as I imagined he was going to be. That being said, he still had quite a few gaffes, and he was still a little bit of a bumbling idiot. My my favorite of these were during the freeway argument, where Joe, where Trump is literally debating Chris Wallace and Joe Biden at the same time, and Joe Biden's like, "Number one, da 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 da. Number two, number three. and Trump turns and says, "You're still on two, Joe," and Joe's just like, "Wait, what? Huh?" The, the look of confusion that overtook his face, I laughed out loud. 
I did a lot of that during this debate. Afterwards, I was like, that's the most horrendous and the most awful thing I've ever seen. But during the debate, I was laughing my butt off at the absolute insanity that was going on before me. And <laughs> you could tell Joe kind of started off a little bit strong. And you could tell as the debate went on, he just became more and more Joe Biden. I literally thought he was going to cry at some points during the night. He looked so lost and confused and like he was going to cry. Did anybody else notice that he kept looking down as if he was going to read something? I I, I was interested about that. I wasn't sure if he was taking notes or if he was claiming to take notes and had notes pre-prepared for him. But he kept looking down several times as if he was reading something. Like you could see his lips moving and he was looking at something and kind of shuffling with something on his podium. I'm not sure what that was. Um, I know that they do. I know that traditionally, typically, I think candidates do have paper that they're allowed to write on. So maybe he was fiddling with that. It's entirely possible. I, I don't know for sure. But I, I just know it got so bad that at for one, you had several times where Chris Wallace literally had to lead Biden into the question. Like Chris would ask a question and Joe would like start off on a tangent about something totally unrelated to the question. And Chris would be like, like, for example, they were talking about COVID policy and Biden starts talking about something not even related to the question at all. And Chris Wallace is like, yes, Vice, Mr. Vice President, but I asked you about masks, and literally Joe, like, this isn't a joke, he's like, oh, we were talking about masks? There are people that want that to be the president? You're telling me that there are people who claim to be sane individuals that watched that performance and said, I'm voting for him for president. Are you kidding me? Who thought this was a good idea? I sat there watching it. I've seen so many people telling me or saying on like Twitter and stuff, Oh, it felt as if Joe Biden was talking directly to me. He kept looking at the camera like he was talking to us. And I'm like, dude, that should creep you out. I thought Joe is like literally one of the creepiest people on this planet. How are you encouraged by that? That's creepy. He's staring into my soul. I do not like that. I would appreciate if he looked the other way, please. <laughs> my roommate's laughing. But, um... I'm getting worked up on this, man. I I know some of you are waiting. Like, is he going to criticize Trump? Oh, yes. I've got some criticisms for Donald coming up, but I'll get to those in a minute. But right now I'm on Joe. I'm probably going to go back to Chris Wallace in a second, but right now I'm on Joe. But I tell you, I tell you what. I'm at a loss for words. I do not understand how this man won the nomination. I do not understand how Joe Biden done so well, did so well in the primaries. I do not understand. Can someone please explain it to me? Because it certainly wasn't because he's the most, he's a good candidate. It certainly was not because he had good policies. And it most definitely was not because he was a good speaker. So can someone please tell me, point me in the direction, show me. Who decided it was a good idea to make this man the nominee? I am genuinely, genuinely curious. I want to know how we got to this point. At least with Donald Trump, I can look and say, okay, I don't like his style, 
but I like this and I like this and I he, this policy's good. I like this idea. I put my even when I put myself in the mind of a Democrat, of a liberal, someone who's like, we need to get Trump out. We need to stop these policies. We need to start putting these things in place. I cannot justify settling for Joe. I can't. Literally, and I would, I would somewhat believe it if he had announced way sooner that Kamala Harris was going to be his VP nominee, but he didn't do that till like a couple months ago. He won the nomination way back in like March. So I am, if he, if Kamala Harris had been the VP nominee from the start. I would have at least been like, okay, I see people are just hopeful that maybe she ends up having a lot more say in some of the decisions than he does. I can understand that. But no, <laughs> literally the man had not, did not have a vice presidential candidate at all. And he, he still got nominated. I'm at a loss for words. I am at a loss for words. I do not get it. I don't get it. So I said I, I would bring Chris Wallace back up. And um, I'm kind of going to – this is a joint discussion about one thing. In, there's a, There were a couple of times in particular where I thought that um, that I did want to lay out some facts. I did want to lay out some things because these are the – I was I was going to wait and talk. I'll, I'll go more into detail about this. I've heard a lot of people say they thought Biden won the debate. I've heard a lot of people say that they thought nobody won the debate, which I at first aired towards. But I've heard a lot of people say that they thought that Biden won the debate, and I I disagree based purely off the fact that the conversation after the debate has been so heavily dominated by what Donald Trump did and did not say. Let's take a time machine back to 2016 here. I, I realized this shortly after the debate. If you go back to 2016, and many of you remember, the first debate between Donald and Hillary, it wasn't nearly this bad, but it was still, by standards of then, a very bad debate. A lot of the reaction that we got from Tuesday night was the reaction to the first debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton in 2016 was very similar. And many, many of you probably remember that the, the conversation then was dominated by what Trump did say and what Trump didn't say. And now we are seeing the same thing happening now. And because of that, I think Donald Trump won this debate because he is dominating the conversation. And that is exactly what I think he was intending. Trump's strategy from the get-go, when he walked down that golden escalator in 2015 and announced he was running for president, his strategy from the beginning has been say outlandish things and get the media on your attention, on your radar, get your media attention, and you basically have free publicity. I don't know the exact numbers. But I know that Trump did not spend that much in advertising in 2016 because he had the media giving him millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of free advertising the entire campaign. And now you see the same thing happening now. Now you see the exact same thing happening. And the media is just buying into it. You would think you would think they'd learn the first time, but instead they're doubling down on their previous strategy thinking – Oh, if we just call him a racist and focus on all these crazy things he said, then then people won't like him. That didn't work the first time. Why do you think it's going to work now? You're literally handing him free advertising and free votes. So I am actually pretty optimistic for the next couple of debates because I remember in 2016, the next couple after the first went in a whole better direction and I'm hoping the same thing happens this year.
I am, and I'm genuinely kind of optimistic that if we do have the baits, which is the thing, one thing I'm kind of pessimistic about is I don't know if Joe's going to agree to do another one. I am worried that he, he, he was hanging out with Ralph Northam the other day, and Northam recently came out and said he got diagnosed with COVID. So I'm worried that Joe's going to get COVID or something or that he's going to come up. There's going to be something to try and get him out of the next debates. We'll see as, time, as things play up if that's what happens. But back to, back to this debate. Trump got unfairly accused of quite a few things during that debate. The first and most egregious that I think a lot of people have been focusing on is Trump's comments on white supremacy. And I just want to be clear right now, right here, right now, that I absolutely despise the notion that any race is better than the other. I absolutely despise the idea that anyone is better than anyone else based on the color of their skin. That is the that is the one of the most sickening ideas in all of human history. There, there is nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing that like is well, there are a few things that I think are worse than that, but that is one of the worst, worst, worst ideology, like one of the worst ideas in all of human history. Now Donald Trump has, from the get-go, been accused of racism, something that I personally think is unfounded. Do I think he says some stupid things a lot? Yeah, absolutely. Do I think any of those things are racist? No, I don't. And you you see a lot of people will try and come after Trump and say that he's associated with the alt-right and that he's associated with white supremacists and that he's associated with all of these people. I find it ironic, and you, you, many of you have probably seen this floating around. I find it ironic that in 2016, Chris Wallace basically asked Trump the same question, will you condemn white supremacy? Trump said yes. He condemned it. And you've heard, I've seen tons of people saying Trump didn't condemn white supremacy at the debate Tuesday night. Yeah, he did. Literally, the, literally, like, the man condemned white supremacy. I don't understand. Like, let me find you this transcript real quick. Literally, what Chris Wallace was like, yo, I, hold on, I will pull this up. Give me one. Basically, I can't find it now. I can't find it now, but basically, Chris Wallace was like, will you condemn white supremacy? Trump said, sure. You couldn't half hear him because Joe Biden was speaking over him. And if it was Donald Trump speaking over Joe Biden, Chris Wallace would get involved, obviously. But because it was tr tr Biden being trying to interrupt Trump and everything, it's all hunky-dory. But anyway, he says, sure. He says, yes. He says, he, he plainly and clearly said, I will support, he, I will condemn white supremacy. I do not support white supremacists. And the question that Chris Wallace asked him was linked to the fact that people condemned Trump for saying there's very good people on both sides during the Charlottesville thing. People take, people take that quote way out of context. If you read the full quote from Trump, he very clearly condemns white supremacy. He doesn't, he doesn't try and justify the actions of white supremacists. He's very clearly like, dude, no, that's wrong. That, that is very, very wrong. But he asked, will you condemn white supremacy? Trump's just like, sure, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to do that. But, and you see in 2017 when Charlottesville happened, Trump literally says, 
well, one of one of Trump's what most I just found one. One of Trump's quotes, he says racism is evil and those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups that are repugnant to everything we hold dear as Americans. That is a quote from Donald Trump. Donald Trump just literally said that he was going to lay out a plan that not only would give $500 million or $500 billion, which if you ask me is way too much because of the debt we're in right now, but he'll invest $500 billion in the black communities. I don't think he should invest that money into any communities, to be honest. I think we need to focus on our debt and getting it down. But that being said, a racist wouldn't say that. And he, in the same bill, he promises to designate the KKK as a domestic terrorist organization. Is that not enough for you freaks? Is it not? But anyway, he, he condemns white supremacy. And then Chris Wallace, very evidently not happy with Trump's response, keeps pressing the issue and Trump gets fed up and it's like, who you name a group? Who do you want me to name? And Joe Biden names the Proud Boys, which I just want to take a second and clarify for many of you listening right now. The Proud Boys aren't exactly what I would call a racist organization. I am not associated with the Proud Boys in the slightest for personal reasons, but I know plenty of people who are. And I can tell you this, if the Proud Boys are a white supremacy group, they are one of the worst because they've got black guys in there, they've got Asian guys in there, they've got Hispanic guys in there. Every race is very clearly represented in the Proud Boys. And, I mean, now we can have a whole discussion on the Proud Boys as a para paramilitary group and the Proud Boys in terms of vigilantism, that's a discussion that is probably worth having and one I would be happy to have with any one of you. But to call the Proud Boys a white supremacist group is very misguided. But Joe Biden names them off, and Trump says, Proud Boys, stand back, stand, stand back, stand by. Don't get involved in things that you don't need to be involved in. And... The media lost their minds for Trump saying something that they've been trying, that they've asked him repeatedly to say that he said multiple times. I don't get it. And so the other big thing that we've seen is people have been criticizing Trump for going after Joe's son, Hunter. And a lot of people have been criticizing Trump unfairly for going after Trump's or for Joe's son, Bo, who was in the military and unfortunately died of a brain tumor. I want to be completely clear when I say that I do not think that people's families should be brought up in political discussions whatsoever, especially in a presidential debate. That being said, Trump attack on Hunter Biden was not much, so much of an attack as it was a retaliation against Joe Biden attacking his own family and then Trump not being allowed to speak. And Trump never meant to attack Bo Biden. Joe Biden, Joe Biden made it seem as if it was that way, but Trump was going after Hunter Biden, in my opinion, fairly because of the connections between Joe and Hunter and how Joe got him a job in overseas despite the fact that he got kicked out of the military for cocaine addiction. I know addiction is a very, very heavy topic and very, I could have a whole episode on it, but this, I mean, I don't think people's families should be brought into debates. No, but the left has been playing unfairly on this rule for a while. They've been bringing people's family into the debate and into the limelight for a long time. Whereas the right, if you criticize somebody on the other side's children, you will get crucified on the right. The left doesn't play by that rule, but that's a conversation y'all ain't ready to have. And that's a conversation for a different day. But now that I am done ranting about that, it's time to get into what I call good Trump, bad Trump.
based off Ben Shapiro. Yes, I stole this from Ben. Ben, if you're listening, I will give you 100% copyright. Um, I I would give you royalties, but I I'm a broke college student. I'm a freshman. I do you expect me to have money? So thank you for letting me do this, Ben. Even though you'll probably never hear this, but anyway, so good Trump, bad Trump. So I thought Trump did pretty strongly on a lot of stuff. I think Trump did decent when it came to COVID. I think Trump did pretty well at pushing Biden on a lot of different things. I, I'm I'm conflicted on Trump Trump's constant attacks against Biden because I know a lot of them came off as brutish and as if he was bullying Biden. And that's something I was honestly afraid of going into this is what I I was I feared that what happened would happen, that Trump would come off too strong. And it did happen. Now, there were many, many times that I think Trump could have done way better. First and foremost, I think. Trump should have pressed into the fact about Kamala Harris, about her her comments about Biden during the primaries, about what she had to say about him, about the fact that apparently now they're best buddies, and it's all sunshine and rainbows, and everything's okay. I thought he could have and should have brought that up. I thought that it would have been a good idea for him to be like, why are you guys getting mad at me for COVID policy that's not even in my control? Because we have a concept in America called federalism where power is shared. And guess what? Trump has no control over what the governor of such and such state does with their COVID policy. And yet these governors like um, Gavin Newsom in California and the Bill de Blasio in New York and all these people, Andrew Cuomo and all these people, they're getting away scotch-free while Trump's getting the blame for their stupid decisions. It's it's a, a mess. I, I would say that I expected better of Donald Trump in terms of his temperament and his behavior, but honestly, that would be a lie if I were to say that. <laughs> Because we all know Donald Trump. We all know Trump. Um, who won the debate? In my opinion, Trump, because he's dominating the conversation as of yet. As of right now, Trump is in domination of the conversation. As of right now, it's revolving solely about what Trump did say, what Trump didn't say, how this and this and that happened. <laughs> it... In the end, we still have two more debates, and I can guarantee you that if these two next two debates have do happen, that this this debate will not have much of a bearing on the election, if any. I don't think anybody came out of this. If anyone was in the middle and was like, who do I vote for, they definitely were not swayed by either candidate from this debate. If anything, I think I'm slightly worried that this debate is going to bring forth a little bit more political apathy than we've seen in past past years. Hopefully, I'm wrong, but that is my fear. Now, for a special surprise, we are bringing on my my wonderful roommate, Caleb Davis, for his random debate thoughts. Caleb! You almost said loving roommate there. I, I just want to say that. I, I, I don't know where I was going with that. So, did you even watch it? No. I knew it was going to be bad, to be honest. Didn't you just watch highlights or something? I watched Steven Crowder. Uh, I watched a little bit of him streaming it. Uh, he had a big outburst, and then there was literally nothing happening again. Well, relatively nothing happening. But I watched a few clips, so I got the general gist from that. What were your thoughts about the dumpster fire? The dumpster fire? Dude, seeing the memes is the best part, I'm going to say. That's true. I, I agree with that. But when it comes memes. down to it, I've, I've been hearing what you've been saying. is You're pretty accurate. It's It felt like it was a softball pitch to Biden trying to get uh, him to look better in the public eye. 
which who was the what was the moderator's name again? Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace. He said he was. I saw like a thing that was supposed to be like I guess a promotional video for him. It was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a bipartisan. I'm not paid by either either company. Yeah, right. You may not be paid by either company. You definitely know what you're doing though. Pitching softballs to Biden, not letting uh, Trump speak. But you know, the minute Trump butts in for Biden, it's a it's a big. You know, you shouldn't do that. But the minute Biden cuts Trump off, it's eh, that's okay. So based on what I saw, it was definitely definitely pitched to Biden. But I feel like, like you said, it's not. That's about advertising too. There's no such thing as bad advertising. Because even if something sucks, advertising-wise, people talk about it. And that's exactly what's happening, like you said. Super Bowl ads. Yeah. Even if even if a Super Bowl ad sucks, people talk about it. You say, hey, did you see that ad that sucked? And people talk about the product. And that's what people want. So, I mean, even if you think Trump may have not have had the best performance, the best showing, he may not have, you know, if he would have let him talk, you know, it's his personality thing. I could explain that, but I'm not going to. It's just Trump's personality. Most people know that. He's a dominant person wants to dominate the conversation. He's definitely a high D on the biblical disc. Definitely. He <laughs> wants to control the conversation. It just wasn't possible that debate night, but people are talking about it. People are talking about, hey, this is what Trump said. This is, you know, Trump was doing this, Trump was doing that. And it doesn't matter if it's negative or positive. People are talking about Trump. And, and they're not talking about Biden because no. Biden didn't do much of anything. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, would you just shut up, man? <laughs> Funniest quote. Had to be. I'll give Biden that. That was a funny. That moment. was that was a very entertaining moment. Had to be. I think I think the my entertaining moment of the debate was either when was uh when Biden called Trump a clown and then corrected himself like he was the just aw crap moment in his face of that. I just really say that was absolutely hilarious. Oh, and one thing I haven't seen people, I haven't noticed people talking about this, which I'm very surprised about. I think it was one of Biden's less noticeable gaffes because even Trump and Chris Wallace overlooked it. During the discussion about climate change and, ener and energy and stuff, I know that Joe Biden was trying to talk about carbon emissions, but the man literally said, and I quote, in by 2030, we could have net zero on energy production. That's uh, energy production. <laughs> to sound like AOC with her green deal doesn't know how the world works sir I don't think anybody in their right mind wants net zero on energy production I'm pretty sure a lot of people would love for us to continue producing energy no matter in what form it is I'm pretty sure people are like yo we probably need to keep doing energy I don't think net zero on energy production is a good idea yeah, hydrogen-based cars. They exist. They exist in Germany, but they are literally just absolutely – you're better riding a bike. Like it's – it's at least if your bike runs – if you run out of gas, you can get off your bike and walk. You run out of gas in this hydrogen car, you're screwed. It's expensive too. Oh, boy. I mean, that's the thing people don't realize too about the whole, you know, zero – I'm sure what Biden meant to say was also what's in the Green Deal, the whole zero carbon emissions. Mm -hmm. What people don't realize is even if it, global warming exists, I'm not going to say it doesn't. It exists, whether you believe it exists or not. I don't think it, it exists to a scale in which some people say it does. I think it exists. I don't think it's going to destroy the world. I think we'll do that. Or, you know, hopefully Christ will come back before that happens. Anyway, the whole thing about getting to net zero, the reason it doesn't matter, if you look at the carbon emissions around the world, we are not the only country that produces carbon dioxide. I don't know if you know that. We're not the only country that produces carbon emissions. China. Not even just China. Like, <laughs> have you seen India? Oh, yeah. India's India is bad. India, as well. China, most of the Middle East. We're, we are not producing the most. In fact, I think we're like number, we're like three or four on the list. We're not even number one. Yeah, we're. And we produce a lot. Yeah. But there is, we, us getting, don't, don't get me wrong, us getting to net zero carbon emission is a good thing, but it's not. It's not what they, the Democrats make it out to seem. Oh, we're going to get to net net zero and fix the world by ourselves. You don't fix the world as one country. This isn't an alien movie. America's not the only country. There's other countries in the world. I don't know if, I know Democrats don't know that sometimes because they don't know a lot of things sometimes. But uh, that's, that's a tangent. I can say, though, as an engineering student, I am excited for what they are creating. There is something I can say new technology-wise that can take carbon out of the air, like carbon emissions, and turn it into a plastic, similar to like 3D printing plastic. Interesting thing. 
and look it up if you have free time. It's really interesting how they do it. And other interesting thing that I like about it, it's not being forced upon you by the government. They're not saying, oh, you have to do this. It's the free market doing what the free market is designed to do. The same thing that we've been saying, that the right has been saying for years is, if you give it time and give it demand, the free market will solve the problem. Guess what? That's what's happening, guys. You've always heard people say you can sell air. Well, now people are trying to literally sell air as plastic. So there you go. Welcome to 2020, guys. Yeah. They're building them. I think they have one in the tests. So I'm not sure. They're, they're trying. They're definitely getting close to where they can literally just recycle air into plastic. Like That's a very interesting concept. It I, is. I'm... I actually do want to do some research that's into one of those this big brain, done with this. That's one of those big brain ideas where it's like, man, I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah, I know. Everyone it, does. There's so many things that I wish I would have thought of. Grand challenges of engineering. That's one of them, I think. Dude, if I would have known that I could have made money off of, like, half of the things that you see people, like, there's so many things that are so simple. Like... Uh, like that that one I've seen this on a commercial sometimes. It's literally a brush for your dog, but it's a glove. So it's like you're petting your dog, but it brushes their hair while you're doing it. Literally anyone could have thought of that. And yet there's some dude in his mom's basement somewhere probably making millions laughing his butt off at us right now. Like, y'all are so dumb. Dude, some guy made like millions of dollars off a pet rock. Capitalism, yeah, yeah. Capitalism works. Put it that way. Sometimes capitalism it works too works. well. It works too well sometimes. Oh yeah, and that's why. That's another reason I think. Honest, even if the Democrats win, I mean, obviously, you were saying earlier, we hold the House still. Republicans still hold the, no, the not, is a Senate. Senate. The Senate Democrats the Senate. have the House right now, which I personally think that's probably going to change, but we'll see. So we still own the Senate mm -hmm. at, at least. So. Obviously, that's a, a reason things will get done. But also, if you think about it, the nation we live in, I'm a very – I like looking into business. I think it's interesting how money flows, what people do. Mm -hmm. If you look at it, our, our country is controlled by money. Let's be honest. It's We have $140 worth of Nerf guns to prove that fact as well. <laughs> 200, 200. Oh, gosh. But, um, but uh, well, yeah, we'll leave it there. Anyway, the world is driven by capitalism. The world, not just our country, but our country very much. Money flows. And obviously, if you've heard the Democratic, the, the far left, the left, the moderate left, you know what they think about that. You know how they think systems work. They think they can just give everyone free college and don't know how they're going to pay for it. They do. They're just not telling you yet. But the world works in capitalism. That's why I think even with us owning the Senate, even if Biden becomes president, the economy is not going to like him either. I don't know if you know this, but Trump's been doing a number for the economy. I don't know. People don't talk about it, but he, before COVID, had one of the lowest employment uh, unemployment rates like ever, like comparatively speaking. Like I've looked into this. Even before. even now with COVID still going on and with lockdowns still going on in a lot of places, the unemployment rate is starting to drop. I know. Like even compared to like the Obama administration, I think he still has a lower he may. I think there was one point in the Obama administration where the unemployment rate was higher than it was now. I'm pretty sure the... He, I know he has a record. He has the lowest unemployment rate in the black and the Hispanic community of all time. And for general, I don't know if it's the lowest of all time, but I do know it's record breaking. Yeah, it's it's bit you might you can fact check this. Obviously, I, I, I would encourage it. I don't know if Jesse does. Or not. Yeah, OK. Yes, I I, I I forgot to say this at the beginning of the episode. I encourage all of you to go out and do your own independent. Do not let me. Do not let me tell you how to think. I want you to go out there and I want you to think for yourself. Which is what the left does not want you to do. You, <laughs> can, you, can, the... you can look that up too. They are very, they don't want you to think. They, that's why most of their claims are surface level. If you don't look into them, again, free college. To a college student, that sounds amazing. You know, that, that, I mean, even I would we, love free college, even, but I realize how impractical it even is. Even though we go to a private college and we'd still pay. Right. Um, people realize that it's. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, trust me, J Jerry Prevo and David Nasser, if you're listening, I would love some free college right now. But I know that on a national scale, 
I know on a national scale, free college is a very impractical idea. Jesse Hughes, official Liberty University podcaster. <laughs> Sponsored. Scholarship. Sponsored? Today <laughs> we have Jerry Prevo. You should do it. You should do that. You should, you should what, contact Prevo. Prevo under the podcast. You've got Nasser's number. Honestly, Nasser. honestly I am... T- I don't know if you'll get any politics out of him. Though. That's the that's the thing. I would, I would expect it. if if I if I had Nasser on the episode, I would keep it. I would keep it centered towards ministry and towards Christianity more than anything. Yeah, probably. If politics naturally arose, then obviously, yeah, I'd talk about it. But with Nasser, I think I would try to steer the conversation a different way, just yeah. because of his nature. You and he he doesn't. His nature is not politically oriented. Therefore, I'm not going to try and force him into political situations unless he himself brings them up. But no, David Nasser, I don't know why the heck you would be listening to this, but if you are, please come on the podcast. I would love that. No, I would even say like, if you were to get him his attention, you would say like, do an interview with an up and coming freshman. Well, you're a freshman. I'm a freshman. I was going to say an up and coming, but you're not really... Do like an interview with a freshman and then do your interview with an up and coming freshman who's actually a sophomore by credit, but it's a freshman, but it's okay. yeah. No, I was just gonna say do do it as a freshman, like, you know, what your experience has been so far, and then just asking him like, you know, what can freshmen expect? And then you can use that as advertising. Because literally it could be C-fall. advertising. We're having Seafall. Seafall advertising. But and you could just, I don't know, talk. I just love to talk to Nasser, period. Like, I, I, think oh, so I would love to have lunch with that man. I would do. I think he'd do it, though. I he mean, would to be honest. He would do it, probably. I, if I texted him and be, was like, hey, I'd love to have lunch or like dinner or something with you, I feel like the response might be hesitant. But I feel, I don't know. I feel like I was talking to someone, we were talking about this last night in community groups. I feel like if like I was able to somehow be face to face with Nasser for like 15 minutes or something and be like, Hey, you want to go get food one day? If it were face to face, I feel like his answer would be yes, especially because we're freshmen. And I feel like he would be more inclined to want to meet us and shepherd us in a personal sense. Yeah. I think that'd be good, but yeah, I don't know. That would be nice. I'd, I'd like to sit down with Prevo too. I think oh yeah. Prevo. I honestly, the other day when I met him, I wanted to ask him to go to lunch or something, but I could tell he was so physically exhausted from the prayer march that I was just like, you know what? I'm going to let him be right now. That too. And the, the guy from yesterday, who was the guy from yesterday's message? He's like the junior vice president of spiritual development. Uh Oh, at Campus Community? Yeah, Campus Oh, Trump. yeah, that guy. His name was Josh something. I forgot his last name, but yeah, I know who oh, you're talking about. He'd be cool to he Dude, would that be message. A, that I would message last love night. to sit down and talk. That to him. message last night, somebody who can go that deep into the word that quick, that efficiently. Like I'd never thought of it that way. Neither have I. But I mean, I think for those message. of you who have no idea what we are talking about, I would encourage you. We have this thing here at Liberty called Campus Community, which is essentially the world's largest worship services. A bunch of college students going out and having a, ba- a fundamentally a church service with the Liberty Worship Collective playing the music. I would encourage you, yesterday was September 30th, see if you can find a link to the campus community from yesterday and watch YouTube. it. It was amazing. It should be on YouTube. It should be on Most YouTube. Things are on YouTube. A lot of things are on YouTube. A lot of things are on YouTube. <laughs> a trillion hours, probably quadrillion hours. If I, could, if I could ever get a camera of one day, this will probably be on YouTube. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, you could probably cool. get They're not too expensive. Yeah. My dad bought a webcam once. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah foreshadowing anyway <laughs> i don't know if you want to see my face then i'd probably be the guy like in a steven crowder the guy sitting behind the soundboard who only presses in every so often <laughs> yeah what's his name quarter black jared or something quarter, quarter, quarter black garrett An audio wade audio Dude. wade and quarter black garrett. i want to meet audio wade can i be audio wade's understudy can the can the can the louder with crowder crew like sponsor me and i'll come work for them Oh my. For real though, I'd, I'd do that in the blink of the eye. I, if would, I got an email. It was like from Louder with Crowder, with from Crowder them, and they was like, "Hey, we'll we'll bring you on as an understudy in a way." I would totally. I would, dude. I would go there. I'd fly. I don't even know where they are. Texas. I would fly out to Texas, even I'm, though I'm not I a big fan. Dallas. Of hot, dry weather. I would definitely fly all the way down. I to would Dallas. love to intern for Stephen. That would be amazing. I don't know if he'd do that. Though. Uh, that, that hey, sounds like actually, a pretty cool opportunity that I just thought of. The Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro, they are 
they're in Los Angeles like right now, but they're moving out and moving to Nashville. And by the end of the year, we'll be set up in Nashville. So if you want to intern there, I could. Yeah, I don't know. I'd love to intern one of those places because I have audio experience, mm-hmm. and I just think it'd be interesting. Like one of the one of the greats I consider. I mean, if you say like obviously you say louder with Crowder, you say Ben Shapiro, people know who you're talking people about. People know right who off you're talking about. They know, they, they know. Literally my professor name dropped Ben Shapiro today in class. He was free. He spoke at Convo once. Ben? Oh yeah, I know. Oh yeah, Ben. We need to get Crowder to speak. At <laughs> oh my gosh, louder that would Crowder. be. Stephen Crowder, could you imagine that? Imagine doing a change my mind outside the be, Freedom Tower. He wouldn't be able to. He, he's. I, I think, don't know. Very few people here, I feel like, that don't agree with him that would probably be willing to do it. Yeah, I think he'd, he'd draw a crowd for sure. Though. Oh, people he would, would just draw be like, a crowd. People would just be like, hey, can I get a signature? Hey, can I get hey, a can selfie? I get a sel- yeah, dude. dude, you know there's so many people. Honestly, I would sit down with him and be like, dude, I agree with you on most stuff, but I just want to talk to you so badly that I will play devil's advocate on it. You name the issue, I will play devil's advocate. Nah, you, I think he, people have done that before. Like He went to some campus, and that's exactly what happened. People were sitting down like, dude, I just want to talk to you. And he was like, maybe after we film the show, I think dude, you'd have to wait. I would literally, I would walk up to him and be like, hey, dude, I know you're probably filming and stuff, but if it's all right, whenever you're done, I would love to get a chance, even if it's just five minutes to talk to you. Yeah. That or if like Frank Turek ever came and spoke here, he's an apologetics guy, but mm-hmm. God, if he ever came here, he's, I've read like two of his books, but I got one of them signed. Nice. And he was good. Anyway, we've gone into talking about speakers we have- and... This is what happens when you bring me on. I just, you know, honestly, there's a rabbit hole I'm running down. Let's be honest here. This is probably way more entertaining than Tuesday night for the majority of people listening to this. So let's just, yeah, we're ending this Tuesday. on a, yeah, the debate. Oh, yeah. We're ending this on a positive note. We are bringing you out of the dumpster fire, out of the ashes, and into your new light, into the new, into the new calm. The, we are bringing you entertainment instead of. What, am I going to start doing ASMR or something here in a second? You didn't bring me on for that. <laughs> That's next week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's next week. If you want something to chill your nerves while you watch people screaming at each other on live television, I recommend Tazo tea, the Zen flavor, or any of the herbal, any herbal tea, really good tea. We are not sponsored. If that it, being said. If, dude, if Tazo sponsored us, I don't even know how we'd react. If Tazo tea, Grape Knee High, or Capri Sun would like to give me a sponsorship, I would be very appreciative. I don't even think you could get sponsored by Taz. You don't even drink them. I do. Uh, okay. I'd, have to be, I'd have to become a recurring character for that to happen. You are my roommate. Oh, wait. What's it called? Uh, Quarter Black Jared on Steven Crowder has a sponsorship from like a wine company. Oh, that's – oh, yeah, that's uh, – Or no, no that's, that's – um, Wine um, of the um, Day. Um, wine of the Day. Gerald. Yeah, Gerald. Gerald. Gerald not Quarter Black. Yeah, Quarter Black Jared. That's what they call him. Jared. Gerald. Gerald. Jared. Gerald. Not gay know. Jared was somebody from the past. Okay, anyway. He does his wine of the day. I'll do my tea of the day. Tea of the day. Caleb's tea of the day. Bro, I get sponsored by Taz. You have no idea. Fun fact, when I was... How many do I have in my trash? When I was going... When I was trying to rewatch the debate earlier, I went through like two and a half Capri Suns in ten minutes. Like, that's how much it frazzled my nerves. <laughs> And you were watching. I knew it wasn't going to be too good, to be honest. I'd rather play video games. Honestly, same. College student life. Welcome to college, guys. All right. Well, thank you, Caleb, for your insightful commentary and that actually very entertaining conversation and rabbit hole that we went off into. Sure. Anytime I, I'm in the room. <laughs> right. Caleb will probably more than likely be back. Uh, this will not be the last you hear of him. But I hope that if you've made it this far, guys, you are seriously, absolutely great. Y- y'all are amazing. Shout out to whoever has made it this far. I, he, here, here, here's a challenge. If you are hearing me say this right now, I want you to text me the words. Grape dingbat. I don't know why those words popped in my mind, but if you are listening, if you got to this point in the podcast, please just randomly in the middle of the day, whenever you're listening to this, takes me the words grape dingbat, because I want to know who actually listens all the way through these things. And as a reward, you'll get my snap. As a reward, you'll get Caleb's snap. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, 
I I hope that you were very entertained by my lack of sanity on tonight's episode. I think the fact that it's almost 11 o'clock and that I am ranting about two old men who are acting like children has definitely probably raised the entertainment factor of this episode, not to mention the last 20 minutes of dialogue with my roommate about just not only the debate, but very random stuff. I mean, I, I it was a good conversation. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I'm pretty sure he did too. But um, thank you guys so much. Um, if you're listening to this via Apple, and um, if you could go on the podcast app and give us a five-star rating if you think we deserve it, that would do wonders for helping spread this podcast, getting it exposed to more people. Um, I, I thank you guys so much. Um, just quick shout out to the people of Hong Kong. I pray that they get freed from their Chinese oppressors and their Chinese overlords. Um, just amazing shout out to Liberty University, one of the greatest campuses on the face of the planet. Shout out to Grape Nihai for being the greatest grape. So why am I doing shout outs all of a sudden? What, how did this happen? Who knows? But shout out to Grape Nihai for being the greatest grape soda on the planet, even though it's the hardest thing in the world to find. Literally, if anyone knows where I can get this stuff, please tell me. I cannot find it anywhere. Anyway, um, but yeah, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode. I know that I have, <laughs> maybe. And um, I, I just pray you guys have a great day and that God bless your life, that God bless you, and that if you don't know about the redeeming love of Jesus Christ, that, that no the knowledge of his love and his sacrifice, that God makes it evident to you and that you are able to come to that knowledge. But yeah, guys, I hope you have a great day. Um, good night. Uh, where, whenever you're listening to this, it is almost 11 o'clock and I need sleep. Good night, guys.